0: always welcome it is community no yeah the one that is in it's a good community all right uh, stefan is going to
1: do the tithing i just want to say there's more than one community with electricity <laughs> okay so the tithing money this should be an easy hint, but who knows on what topic Jesus preached the most. What topic he used the most in the Bible. Um, I'm saying this under correction. You can correct me afterwards. But I'm pretty sure. Anyone? Yes? Money. <laughs> so who knows why? Who knows why Jesus used money uh, or talked about money that often. And um, so I believe he used it. To, to reveal the condition Of our heart It was a It's like a, it's like a lab test um, I don't know where Mario is But when you take water You throw in other stuff And it reveals the condition of the water The pH balance The acidity, whatever And that's what he did That's how he used the money He, he spoke about money As a almost like a test To show the condition of our heart And um That is one of the reasons why we do it, uh, here at the church, is we use the topic of money just as an illustration, or just as a, almost like a test for each one of us to reflect on, um, yeah, just where we are, um, within our heart. And just to, just to prove my point, um, (laughs) what's the emotion you get when I, Use the name of the greatest rugby team in the world, the Free State Cheetahs. That's exactly the one I get, but for most of you, I see there is no reaction, and that's exactly the point. When, when, as soon as Jesus spoke about money, it came close to the heart. So everyone grabbed. And um, I remember when I, when I first came to church, first as a believer, I sat in church and oh, the doormat is talking about money again. I mean, what's their problem? Can't they just get over it? Dominies should, should live on air and water. I mean, they don't need the money. God will provide. But, but that wasn't the point of the teaching. The point of the teaching was using it to point to somewhere else. And um, so, so it's almost like he used something that was valuable and something that had power to illustrate Um, something else, something deeper. Um, So what does the Bible say? Um, What does the Bible say about money? In Acts 20 verse 35 it says, In everything I showed you that by working hard, working hard, remember that, this manner you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So if you hear that, how does that make you feel? Oh, you yeah, have to give again. It's it's effort to give again. And I'm not saying, this is not a matter of your justification, you being right with God. This is, you're already right with God, now let's work that thing. Why why are you feeling like that when you hear the thing, I need to give? So So just some basic tests to think about. And once again, I'm not saying this if you fail the test that you're not a believer. I'm just saying this is maybe an area you need to work at. So how is your heart towards a struggling brother and sister? How is your heart towards a family member? Towards your congregation? Um, I found the best way for me to prevent selfishness is to give, even though I don't always want to. So how does Jesus say we should give? Um, in Luke 21, verse 1 to 4, he said, And he looked up, he being Jesus, Oh, so, yeah. And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw a poor widow putting in two small copper coins. And he said, Truly, I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all of them. For they all, out of their surplus, put their offering, put in their offering. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. So she gave all. She gave her last bit. She gave. More than just her money, she gave her a certainty of her food in the future. So just to clear everything up, what I'm not saying is give all your money today. That's not what I'm saying. If you're uncertain about that, rather first go speak to your leader and let them give you some discernment if you're lacking that area. But what I am saying is her willingness to give everything, that's what the Lord is after. Your heart and your... That... I'm willing to give everything, no matter the fact that I, no matter that I even don't know what the what the future is holding. That is the right giving. Let's close our eyes. Our oh, Father, thanks, um, thanks for this day, and thank you for the privilege that we can give. As Paul said, thank you that we can be counted worthy to suffer for the cause of the faith. And if that's not our thoughts, and if we don't, don't thank you today for that, I ask that you awaken that in us, Father. We lack, we fall short, but we know your work on the cross was completed, and now we need to work that out. And I ask that you work that out in us so that you can show us your heart, how you want to live life, how you want us to live life according to your ways and not our ways. So I pray for each, pray for each one of us. That we may see the blessing in giving, and um, yeah, may we just truly, truly trust you, trust your word, trust the future, and know that you are a good, good Father, and that um, yeah, that you will hold us in your hands. I pray to bless this um, the, the service this morning, and just make our hearts fertile for the message. Amen. Um, yeah, thanks,
0: Stefan the worship team, you Just a, 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 a few thoughts before we start worshipping this morning. Uh, as I was preparing, I thought, do we really know why we come to church on a Sunday? Um, there's a lot of reasons why we come to church. And uh, the top three, I think, is because the first one is because God tells us to come to church on a Sunday. He says so in Hebrews 10 verse 24 to 25. And let us consider how we, how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of. So that's the first reason we are here this morning is to actually... It's because God told us that we must come to church and not uh, give up meeting together. The other one is to hear God's word... Right, for the word of God is alive and active. We are in Hebrews ten, Ach, Hebrews four, verse twelve, and the last one is to exercise our spiritual gifts. And Romans twelve, verse six says, "We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us." If your if your gift is to prophesy, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving giving, then give generously. So I think when we, when we go into a time of worship, and that's always my art, is that worship is not a spectator sport for us. We are not going to look at what William and Joni and Linda is going to do this morning, but that we will actually hear from God this morning and what God uh, and the Holy Spirit lays on our heart in worship this morning. And if it is an encouragement for the congregation, then come to the front and say to us, I think I, I've got an encouragement for, for the congregation. If it's to prophesy, then then prophesy. If it's to share a word, a verse in the Bible, you feel God says we must share the verse, come speak to me and then yeah. So let's stand up, let's worship God, let's listen to the Holy Spirit, let's participate. In worship this morning.
2: I stand. Special forces, so we have common purpose. Him and I. We uh, come from policing agencies, and I want to say thank you to Davy and uh, everyone else that allows me to share this morning. And so we were saved in 1985. We came out of Hinduism. I was an alcoholic, and Christ miraculously saved me. But he didn't save me to sit down and warm the pews. So the church that we were saved into never had a youth group. And so we started a youth group because we had two children. We still have two children, just two children. <laughs> yeah, Just in case you're thinking we have more, but just two girls we had. And so we started the youth group, and we started working with the youth group. And then five years later... We moved to a bigger church because our eldest child had to start high school and there was no youth leader there, so we became youth leaders there, my wife and I. But uh, they were wonderful children like these children. They're faithful. Every week they're here without fail. Uh, John, my favorite guy, he's here every week without fail. And so <laughs> he's blushing, he's feeling shy, but genuine, He's he's here every week. And so one of the girls that was in our youth group, wonderful girl, and she called me when we were here and also were in one evening and uh, I was surprised it was her number and uh, we were associated not just because I was a youth leader but I had went, gone to a conference in Nigeria where she was working but she was working in Abuja and I had gone to uh, Lagos for a conference on spiritual warfare but she helped me because she had a lot of their money And so she made sure that I got that. I didn't have to worry about spending money. She sent it to me. But she called me this evening, and then she asked me a question. She said to me, Uncle Six, are you watching the closing of the Olympic Games on television? And I said, how did you know? She said, well, the Olympic Games, uh, the the, the program is on now. They're closing. She said, well, Uncle Six, I'm in the stadium. That's where I am. I'm watching it in the stadium, and I, I felt so good for her that she had made it serving christ and she was now in the stadium watching the clothing but the reason for me telling you that story is that she and her father was now late Dad's late they got on like a house on fire and they they, did job every evening one would wash the dishes they had no dishwasher and uh, the other one would dry and pack away and they would have these wonderful conversations father and daughter and so they were having this conversation one day and he told her he said hey you know my father he was an electrician And I was his first shock <laughs> And this guy He was a truck driver He drove for the bakery He was robbed many times That guy In KwaZulu there was a safe in the truck You see And she was sharp She could think on her feet She said You know my father He's a truck driver I was his first accident <laughs> And my wife prayed for me This morning She anointed my head with oil She said Hey don't tell the people Your stories <laughs> Tell them about the work Please, because you've got a lot of stories. I get paid to tell stories, but there's, there's no overhead today uh, because I, I want to encourage you to come to church with your Bibles. Very important. I, I look for a phone. Really, I look every time I go to MTN, and I couldn't find a phone that says Samsung Holy Phone. It just says Samsung A23 or something, but it never says Samsung Holy Phone or Nokia Holy Phone. What's the other phone's name? Or iPhone, holy phone. But this book is a Bible. It's a holy Bible, this book. And it's nice to come with it because you can make notes in it. And then you can go home and you can read the scripture and ask God what he wants to speak through you in the scripture. So we're going to deal with the the book of Genesis. Angus spoke to me this morning before I got here. he, he, He just confirmed what we're going to share this morning. And from Genesis chapter 37... 50, 37, deals with a guy that had turmoil like you won't believe. That guy's name is Joseph. And so, Joseph went to many trials and many tribulations and Joseph was the fourth generation descendant of Abraham. But Joseph did not have any encounters with angels. The Lord never said that I am the God of Joseph. He said, no, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, And Jacob, but not Joseph. Joseph had no downs. He only had ups. In every situation and circumstance, Joseph was always up. But Joseph came through many, many, many tribulations. And you know the story of Joseph. And the first problem that Joseph encountered, he was a blue-eyed boy of his father. If you know the story, his father Jacob was a conniver. That's the name, Jacob. Jacob means conniver. And Jacob <clears throat> Jacob never wanted to marry Leah, the elder daughter, the Magriza. As we say in Zulu. He wanted to marry the younger one. That's the one he fell in love with. But the father didn't want that. He said, No, the Magriza must marry first. See, lucky his wife is laughing. They know. The Magriza can't stay at home, man, and get old. Yeah, she must marry first. And so he wanted to withdraw. Rachel from Joseph, uh, not from Joseph, from uh, <clears throat> Jacob. But Jacob worked, and the children that came from Rachel was Joseph and Benjamin. And so he had a special place in his heart for these two children, these two boys, because something go wrong. Okay, fine. And so because he had. The the special place in his heart For these two They were now the blue eyed boys In the family But they don't talk so much about Benjamin the word You can read it from 37 to 50 It talks more about Joseph Joseph was a guy Joseph was a guy Joseph was a guy And it was a wonderful time For this to be uh, uh, Mentioned in the first book of the Bible Because it was setting the stage for Activity to take place For the exodus This had to happen Before the exodus took place And so the first thing that happens is Joseph talks About betrayal The betrayal came Because his father had sown seed Jacob You remember He took the birthright of Esau And so he had sown seed we as parents, we need to be careful how we conduct our lives. Because what happens is, the children follow in those footsteps. You had a, 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 a person, uh, when, when the father is an uh, alcoholic, and the son becomes an alcoholic, what do they say? No, it's like his father. If he's a great musician, they'll say, hey, that fellow, it comes from his father. You understand? So, the thing was, in this instant, Jacob the conniver... He sowed the wrong seed. He stole his brother's birthright through his mother who was also evil. And so he sets the stage now. And Joseph is betrayed because he's the blue-eyed boy. His, His brothers don't like him. Because his father makes him this beautiful tunic. And they say, no, this guy just receiving preferential treatment. And so they plot and they plan... Because he has these dreams and in the dreams, he tells them, you know, there were so many sheaves of uh, grain and all of them just bowed to my sheep. And they said, oh, so you think you're greater than us? And then he still tells his his mother and father, there were so many sheaves, but there's also the sun and the moon, mom and dad also bowed to my sheep. So he tells these stories. And he, he develops a hatred for them. So they, they decide that, you know what, we're going to deal with this guy appropriately. And we've got to be careful as believers in the way we conduct ourselves. Because we can bring a lot of nonsense upon our lives in the way we conduct ourselves, in the way we treat our children, in the way we raise our children. There are no specials. You see, if Jesus had specials, he wouldn't have died for all of us. You ever thought about it? He didn't die for just... Jews, he died for the entire universe No special treatment for anybody And so Joseph He is betrayed now By his brothers And you know what they did is uh, They put him in the cistern And they put him in the cistern And then when the Ishmaelites came along They sold him So the first thing that happened to him Was betrayal Joseph was betrayed Because of his popularity With his father But it was all God's game plan God's game plan Was that So sometimes when we go to trial and tribulations We must try and find out What is God's purpose In that Because sometimes we can feel sorry for ourselves We can sit in a corner and moan and groan No, Joseph didn't moan and groan He just said Well, what will be will be Que That's how it goes. And so he was betrayed and uh, he was betrayed and then he sold into slavery. But even in slavery, because he's in the purposes of God, no matter what your situation or circumstances, young people, don't feel sorry for yourselves. Never feel sorry for yourselves. Hide yourself in the shadow of the Almighty. That's where things happen. There are no big shots in the kingdom, huh? Eh? No, 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 no No big shots. Those who think they're big shots, they're all the smaller shots. And so he's sold into Potiphar's house, and uh, in Potiphar's house, he becomes a main spanner. So the first thing that Joseph overcomes is betrayal. Never moaned, never groaned, never complained, sold to the Ishmaelites, off he goes. Potiphar buys him. Now he's in Potiphar's house and he becomes a main spanner. You know why? He understood who his God was. We have serious problems with the Eskom now, am I right? And in that we can forget who God is. Because we can curse, we can complain, we can do all kinds of things. But Joseph was not like that. Joseph understood who his God was. He looked for excuses to praise his God Even when the going was bad And that's the place Where we need to get to So now he's in Potiphar's house And he's now the main spanner He's in charge of everything And then Potiphar's wife cannot control her hormones Hormones are jumping out of gear You get that, you know that Older Older woman They look at smart guys like me (laughs) Bald and beautiful And uh, the hormones, you can't control. If you're not in Christ, you won't control your hormones, let me tell you. Yeah, the world is is a sick place, huh? You think I don't know? I've been a cop for over 40 years. I must know, man. I've seen all kinds of everything. And so Potiphar's uh, wife wants to sleep with this young boy. Because he's good-looking like me. Very good-looking. I don't know whether he was bald and beautiful. But I'm sure he had lovely hair Good looking guy And she wants to sleep with this young fellow And he says, no I will not do that, that's wrong This guy, your husband treats me with respect With respect And uh, young girls looking to get married Be careful Who you choose Very, very careful who you choose Don't behave like a dog on heat It's wrong It's not of God God knows who you are long before you were in existence. Why you want to do something that's wrong? I was at the college for, I can't remember how many years now, 10 years, 12 years. I always told the students, hey, 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 what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You can't control your hormones. Go to the mess. Ask them for some ice. Cool down. Yeah, cool down. What is wrong with you? And, and, and you know, you might be thinking lots of things in your mind. Who's this guy to talk like this? Just look around you. Society is corrupt. Corrupt. Started in the book of Genesis. Here's a woman that had everything. She was one of the chiefs there in Egypt. That she couldn't control her hormones. Going after young boys. So you guys that are saved, be very, very careful. Ah, you can smile now. Sonny, the devil got your number. When he wants you, he'll call it 911. Then you see how strong you are. So the second thing that happens is this woman wants to sleep with him. And he refuses. He says, no, but anyway, he's falsely accused. And then he's put into prison. But in prison, because God's hand is upon him. He finds favor with the jailer. He's now the jailer's main spanner. So the first thing that happened is, number one, he's betrayed. He's betrayed by his immediate family and they sell him into slavery. In slavery, the master's wife cannot control her hormones and he's in trouble. Behaving like a dog on heat. He's in trouble. What happens? Put in prison. And whilst he's in prison... He meets two guys that are about to be beheaded. The butler and the baker. And then they tell him the story. Their stories of how they messed up and why they are there. And then they have dreams, these guys. Must read it. This story starts in Genesis chapter 37 and it ends in 50. That's why there's nothing on the board there. See, if you came with your Bible, you could read the story. You're relying on this thing. It's called laziness. There's an orthopedic surgeon sitting amongst us. He'll tell you what it takes to study. Nothing falls out of the sky. The greatest book to study is the Bible. We leave all the love stories, all the nonsense, but not the Bible. You need to study the Bible. You need to study the Bible. You need to study the Bible. I need to study it. Why? Why? It's life. It has the solution to every problem. That's the Bible. The Bible never fell out of the sky, man. It came from the hand of God. How privileged we are. There's nothing like the Bible. And so this guy now, he's in serious trouble because now he's in prison. But because he has the favor of God upon his life, like every one of you, Has the favor of God on on, on his or her life It depends how great the favor is With your association with God God is not in the begging business No I'm not his blue eyed boy It depends how much I'm involved with him And that's how much he'll be involved with me That's what it's about If I'm laxydaisy And I do things haphazardly Why would God bother with me? I show no respect for him God is God. We must never forget that. He's not going to change because of you and me. He's God. And here's this guy now. He's uh, in prison, and he meets these two main actors. They serve the king, and they both had dreams. The one says, "You know, I had a dream. I was the cupbearer or Pharaoh." And in my dream, there were three branches. And they had lovely clusters of grapes on them And I squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup The grapes And I handed the juice to him And Joseph says Well, this is what it means In three days Pharaoh is going to reinstate you To the position where you were And now the butler He has the same story Or the baker He has a story So he thinks, hey, what a nice story what a beautiful story. Maybe if I tell him my dream, he will tell me something nice that's going to happen to me. And so he says, I had these three baskets on my head. Three baskets. And as I walked, all these pastries and that were for Pharaoh. And as I walked, the birds of the air came and they ate them. You can listen today and God can speak through you through this word. But when you walk out here, and you don't go and refresh What was said here Then the birds of the air will just Pick everything you heard It will be empty Like when you came in before you heard me But you're not listening to me, you listen to the word That's what it's about And so he said The birds of the air came And they ate All the wonderful pastries And then Joseph interprets the dream He tells one guy you're going to be reinstated And then he tells the butler He says, you, my friend, in three days, Pharaoh is going to take off your head and he's going to impale your body so that the birds of the air can feed on your body and that's exactly what happens. And so when the butler or the cupbearer is leaving prison, Joseph tells him, he says, please, remember me. I'm in here for nothing. I did nothing wrong. But for two years, that guy forgot about him. You know, we can sit in church, and when we walk out, we forget about God. Do you know that? Hey, it seems like you don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah. I watch students. They come to service every Sunday. When they leave service, they forget about what happened in church. Of course, you get the faithful ones that come every week without fail, and they live the life, they walk the talk. The church, you must understand, is God's only hope for mankind. There is no other hope. What other hope is there? You tell me. You show me any religion where their God died for his people. I looked. Honestly, I looked. I, I was a Hindu. We are disciplined people. Yes, very disciplined people. I watched my family members, disciplined people. On time, they do things It is out of their fear For the gods that they serve We have this wonderful Jesus And we care two hoots There's choices Choices, choices, choices This fellow is a good example of choices And he made the choices, the right choices You see, what's the big thing today? We're coming to the big thing today Well let's just wait until we get to the big thing today And then we'll deal with it So anyway for two years This guy About what happened And then Pharaoh has a dream You must read the story Pharaoh has a dream Pharaoh has a dream And he says That there were Seven Healthy cows on the banks of the Nile And seven lean ugly cows Came out of the Nile And they ate up the seven healthy cows Destroyed them totally And then he had another dream And the other dream Was that there were seven Healthy Sheaves Or or, or, or stalks of grain And sprouted amongst them Were seven ugly Lean, mean Stalks of grain And those, that ugly stalks Swallowed up the Healthy ones, and so he called all his wise men, told them his dream, and none of them, none of them could interpret the dream. And so, that's when the butler remembers Joseph two years later. Sometimes people do things for us, we forget about them at the time we need them. They're very nice, happens in the church, you know that. Hey, that guy is very nice, Derek. Man, let me use his sea house. After that, he's like, ah. Hey, you worried about Dirk? Hey, looks, I'm talking to myself here, man. Holy people, yeah. So anyway, what happens is, <clears throat> and you know the story if you read it. You, you, we actually, I, I don't know about you, but we should actually be now in Exodus, Exodus 16. No, 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 Exodus 6. That's where she, the year started now. Today is there. Today is the 22nd You should be in Exodus 6 And in the evening You should be in Matthew 16 If we're reading We've got the reading pattern If you don't have a reading pattern You can see me I'll give you one So you make sure you read Through the Bible in a year How, how will you read to the children If you have children If you don't have a reading pattern How will the Bible come alive If you don't read it You don't read it, it Just come to you And start reading itself No, no, no You've got to open it And you've got to read it You gotta read it. You gotta find a a time where you sit. This is life. With everything going on around us, there's no electricity. You're lucky you've got electricity. But this is life. It never changes. It's the real deal. It's the Bible. It's the Word of God. It's never been proven otherwise. And we are custodians of it. You and I. We're custodians of the cell phone. Can you hear? It's falling. Not of the Bible. You must decide what we're going to do, eh? or children are going to a lost eternity. Yeah, I, I, we have four grandsons. I pray every day they'll have one supernatural encounter with God. My wife will tell you. Just one, no one many. Can either be the sycamore fig tree, the road to Damascus, whatever it is. Just one. They must fall on their faces flat. But they mustn't turn their backs on Jesus. And so anyway, this is what happens. Time is going. I'm going to stop now. And my wife is looking at me also. And so Joseph is disappointed at the cupbearer because the cupbearer forgot him for two years. We can be that way, yeah? We can forget wonderful things that God has done in our lives, especially you guys. You have life in front of you. You've made a wonderful choice to be here. I see you week in and week out you yeah. The secret is to love him and serve him with all you have. That's the secret. The world wants to swallow you up. But it has no chance because you're covered under the blood of the Lamb. You just make sure you stay there. That's the important thing. Learn the secret of staying there under the blood. Early morning, get up, rise, call on his name. Open the word and read it. You should read through the Bible in a year. You must. It's better than reading any book in school. It's a GPS to life, the Bible. That's what it is. Hallelujah. There's no religion like Christianity. All our religions. This is life. Life, real life. These girls are fed up. with They wish this fellow would shut up. <laughs> but these are the ones we need to safeguard. Eh? Really, we need to safeguard it. So he's disappointed with the baker, uh, with the butler, because the butler forgot him for two years. You'll be disappointed. Hey, you know, God has never disappointed us. God shows up every time. We mess up, whether we're good, whether we're bad, whether we're ugly, God is there. Hallelujah. He never, never, ever, never, ever disappoints. It's us that disappoint him. So we must learn at the beginning of the year, we have an obligation not to disappoint God. And when we do, we need to know how to set the record straight. And so anyway, Pharaoh calls him and then he explains to Pharaoh, he says, listen, listen, this is your dream. Pharaoh first wants to tell him how great he is that he can interpret dreams and whoa. My friend, the interpretation comes from his hand. He allows me to interpret your dream. It's got nothing to do with me. Absolutely nothing to do with me. So I'm interpreting the interpretation that he gives me. We are at this place now in this country with load saving. It's not load shedding. A misleading you if they say load shedding is load saving. They got to save the load so they shed the power. Save the load so you can use it some other time. Load saving, not load shedding. And many other things is happening with that load saving. Causes lots of problems. And so he interprets Pharaoh's dreams. And he tells Pharaoh, he said, listen, listen, this is your dream. You're going to have seven years of plentiful and you're going to have seven very lean years, years of drought. And we can have these things in our life as well. We can have plentiful like we come to church, things are all hunky-dory, and then we can have a drought. Unless we plugged into Christ, we'll have serious problems. Serious problems. Very serious problems. You see, when Joseph was in Potiphar's house before he went to jail, he was a main spanner. He called the shots. And Potiphar was, Potiphar's wife couldn't control her hormones. They're jumping out of gear. Now, when I address students, I can tell them freely, hey, have some cold water, go to the mess, drink some ice water. So your hormones don't jump out of gear. You see. We have a common thing today, very, very common thing. You can just, don't marry, just live together. You must show me where it says that in this book. Huh? I want you to see where that says that in this book. Because I've, I've, I've really, I've searched this book. There's no such thing here. It says a man will leave his mother and his father and he'll be joined to his wife in holy matrimony. That is the principle of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not what I'm telling you. It is written. It is written. And so Joseph, as we come, he becomes very successful in, in, in Potiphar's house. He's there um, in Pharaoh's kingdom. He is the main man. And uh, he never goes to his head, but... Never ever goes to his head. Because he always had a great respect in whatever he did. I mean, he could dictate terms to the Egyptians. And you know, the Egyptians never ate with him, the Bible says. The Egyptians always ate separate from him. Although he was the prime minister of the country. I mean, I would like to eat with the prime minister of the country. You come visit me. I show you a picture of me meeting Mr. Nelson Mandela, the late president of this country. Yes, I met him. What a wonderful day that was for me. You see, they didn't care as far as they were concerned. These were second grade citizens, the Hebrews. So they never sat and ate. Joseph had to eat alone. He only eats with with people when his brothers come. And in all this success, all this success, you know, in, in soccer, I follow the Premier League. There's a guy by the name of Sadio Mane. He's a Muslim. He comes from East Africa. And Sadio Mane, he met a guy in the mosque once. And he invited the guy to tea. I mean, this guy earns over a million rand a month. Over one million rand a month he earns. Every month. Whether he plays or he doesn't play, he earns a million rand. I can't give you the exact figure. But he meets this guy in mosque. And he tells the guy, hey, I want to take you out for coffee. And the guy says, unfortunately, I cannot come. I must clean the toilet." He said, no problem. I'll help you. He a million rand man. He said, I help you. I clean the toilets with you. Then we're going to have coffee. We need to understand that success should not go to our heads. You never take any degree to the grave with you. Huh? You take your testimony of the way you served God. The way I served God. Nothing good about me. It's just Christ that saved my soul. When Joseph's brothers finally come, remember the ones that sold him into slavery? The ones that discarded him, they first wanted to kill him. It was Reuben that saved him. Reuben said, don't kill him. Put him in a cistern. And when Reuben went and looked in the cistern, he couldn't find him. And when he couldn't find him, they said, don't worry, we sold him to the Ishmaelites. And he was very sad about that. And they took the coat of many colors. You know, they slaughtered the goat and they took the coat back to the father. Father was very depressed. But in all that, even in his success, he had no bitterness toward them. When they came... He embraced them as his brothers. At the beginning of this year, maybe we need to apply some of these principles. Now, the way to apply it is you've got to go and read the story. It starts in Genesis 37. It finishes in Genesis 50. That's the story of Joseph. It's a wonderful example of Christ in us, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Overcoming. We've got to be overcomers. And look at the overcoming that this guy did. He overcame betrayal. He overcame temptation. Potiphar's wife. Beautiful woman. All the makeup. Body filler. Pretty Prattly. All this jazz. He overcame that woman. He overcame disappointment. The butler that let him down. He overcame success. He was a big spanner. Never treated people badly. And last, he overcame bitterness. He was never bitter We'll be very quick to be bitter with one another. And now you, some of you are planning how you're going to be bitter towards me. Because Some toes have been stood on. Squash. You know, I, I watch preachers. I watch guys that preach, I watch guys. They must speak their words. Because you might leave. I don't care whether you leave or whether you stay. In the environment where I am, at the police academy... My wife tell me, hey, my friend, what's wrong with you? I said, these are cops. You don't treat cops with kid gloves. You treat them as cops. When they hit the street, no one will say, please, policeman. Say, hey, footsack Go to your dog. That's how people address the police. So now you're going to treat them in training like they angels. No, no, you're not an angel, man. You're just a cop. Get ready to be sworn at. In a church, we need to take our places. Listen to me, please. Please, listen to me. We need to take our places, or our children are going to a lost eternity. Our grandchildren are going to a lost eternity. Because we have our own internal squabbles. You know what we do? You know what we do? This is what we did in in the police drill. We mark time. We're not moving forward, we're not going backward. We are marking time. We must find our place. Find out what we need to do to take the good news of the gospel not to the ends of the earth, to all Hallelujah. Let me ask you this question. Very important question. Who here has not accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior? Everyone. Hey, what a wonderful place this is. Huh? I hope I've been of some encouragement to you this morning. And if I haven't, no big deal. Genesis 37 to Genesis 50, you'll be encouraged. But you do it on your own. You don't have to listen to this fellow. You just listen to what the word says. Hallelujah. We have four grandsons. Our eldest grandson was a blue-eyed boy in our family, firstborn, And uh, he was very loved by the teachers in the school also. So sometimes he came home a little late. And one day he came home exceptionally late. His parents, well, they say 20 kilometers from the school. And so the parents were going to drive now to check where's this boy because he's, he's not home. You know, and then he, he rocks up. He's like, hey, what happened to you? Why are you so late? He said, no, I was in detention. You were in detention? Why were you in detention? Ah, oh, the boy next to me was smoking. The boy next to you are smoking Why are you in detention He said well I set him a (laughs) light I hope I set you a light this morning That's the whole purpose Of the word of God Iron sharpens iron man It's the way you take it You're serious about God He'll be serious about you He's very serious about me Very serious I'll tell you one last story. My wife is getting fed up. I can feel it. She's really saying this guy must shut up now. And so we visit police station. We visited over 365 police stations so far. God has commanded us, given us a mandate. I was a cop for 40 years and seven months. So I know the ins and outs of policing. And we visit police. We come to a police station in uh, the, 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 the Free State, Brantford. You can't forget Brantford. Brantford is where they exiled... The late Winnie Mandela too. The previous regime. They, <laughs> how foolish can these guys be? I mean, this is a girl from Soweto. You put her in a place like Brantford, doesn't make sense. Honestly. <laughs> and so anyway, we get to the police station. They tell me there's a book. You must fill in the book. So we take the book to the commander. And you fill in the book, your name and your purpose, why you are here. They say, take a seat. And we take a seat and they take the book to the commander. And when they finished <clears throat> with the commander, they come back with a book, the per- people that are in the CSC, which is the community service center, and they, they tell me, listen, the acting commander is coming to see you, because the commander is not here. I said, no, no, no no problem. We're sitting and we're waiting, my wife and I. And so the acting commander comes, says, uh, officer, fully-fledged officer, three pop. and uh, Smith, his surname was Smith, I won't forget her, but she was intimidated by this now Somebody came to pray And when she sees Indians Hey she's more intimidated What are these guys coming to pray here Are they coming with Islam or Hinduism What is it So she very very gently she asked me Tell me How are you going to pray here I said hey we come to present Christ She said oh that's fine Not a problem Now I understand She was intimidated by my present being an Indian You understand she didn't know what I'm going to present, and so we get to her office and she allows us to sit and then she goes round all the people up. Come, 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 come. Someone is here to pray for you all. But there's one guy there. This guy is built. He's a rugby player, you can see it. Really, this guy. And he's Afrikaans. Yes. And he's talking Afrikaans too. A Pratnet. So it's Mnet, Postnet, Pratnet. He's telling everybody go in, go in, go in. But he's not coming in. He's standing by the door. He doesn't want to come in. And so we present the word. Hey, the word is wonderful. You must read the word, man. It's your only hope. There's no other hope. read the word. We present the word. And we pray when I say, Amen. That guy's in my face. He says, You came here today for me. Not for anybody else. That's your job description. That is my job description. If you're not doing it, you must catch a wake up today. Go home. Take your Bible. Read Genesis 37 to Genesis 50. And ask God that you will be able to apply the life of Joseph to your lives. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we bow this morning, not because we are good. But because you are God and who is there like you No one else can touch our hearts like you do You are the God who was You are the God who is You are the God who is to come There is none like you Lord Great are you and greatly to be praised I thank you for this morning Thank you for your presence Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit That you sent after you ascended So that we are not aimless wanderers On the face of the earth Thank you for your manifold blessings In our lives Thank you for your word That you have made available to us So we have no excuse On what we should do And what we shouldn't do Thank you Lord For these your servants That are bowed in your presence this morning I want to pray that you will touch Each and every one of us Especially these young people that are bombarded with all kinds of nonsense. And especially when they are known to be children that are faithful in the things of God, then all kinds of rubbish is sent to them on their cell phone. Father, will you cover them especially, please, under the blood of the Lamb, forming edges of fire and protection around every one of us. That's your promise, Lord. I pray that you will create within us, every one of us, clean hearts, I pray that you will create within us the urgency to hide ourselves in the shadow of Almighty God. That's our only hope. There is no other hope. Your word is clear. In these end times, everything will fail except the word of God that will direct us. When all collapses, we have the blessed assurance that we will eat manna from heaven. And that should be our heartbeat. That should be our zeal and our desire Is to serve you In spirit and in truth I pray that you will bless everyone That's bowed here Those that are not here as well Please Father Especially Davi and his family That are in Cape Town That will travel back Granting them safe traveling mercies Allowing your angels to encamp around their vehicle Allowing the Holy Spirit To be the guest in that vehicle Ministering to them because they are bringing back more manner to share with us. And even as we depart one from the other and as we begin this week, I pray, Lord, that you would go before us and you will go with us and you will help us in all that we need to do. And I give you praise. I give you glory.